What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of The Night Shift. I'm your host, as always, Zach Hernandez. And today, I got a couple of things on the slate. It's just me on the show. And I have some things I want to talk about that are 49er-related. The, there's a lot going on with the Niners right now. And they just lost two straight games after starting the season 5-0. and So there's definitely lots of questions and lots of things that need to be addressed for the 49ers. And they have another game coming up tomorrow on Sunday going against the Bengals. So there's definitely some things that I do want to talk about. And that's what we're going to do here. So I'm going to have a couple of things um, about the 49ers that I'm going to cover today. And then I'm going to get into some uh, stardoms and sit-ups for fantasy football like I tried to do every week. I know I didn't have an episode last week. I um, just had a lot going on and wasn't able to push one out. Still put stardoms and sit-ups on the Instagram. So if you're not following the Instagram, you get to go see that um, at thenightshift.pod. That's on Instagram. So I always put those on there every week. Um, but I wasn't able to drop a podcast episode last week. But here I am. Um, and we're going to talk about the 49ers. So the first thing about the 49ers that I really want to get into is Steve Wilkes. I want to get into Steve Wilkes. Let's talk about the 49ers defensive coordinator. So the 49ers lost to the Minnesota Vikings last week, 22 to 17, lost by five. And you might think, well, they only gave up 22 points. And I mean, even the week prior, they only gave up 19, which isn't bad by any means. Um, what is going on with the Niners defense? Why, why is this such a problem? And there are some things that Steve Wilkes has been doing to where I think it's a bit of a problem. And I think Steve Wilkes is becoming a problem for the 49ers. So let's jump into it. Steve Wilkes. The first thing I want to point out is this. The 49ers have had a spectacular defense for two seasons now. Or the last two seasons have just been like absolutely fantastic. Amazing defense. And we had Robert Sala and we had D'Amico Ryans. Both went on to get head coaching jobs. Robert Sala went to the Jets. D'Amico Ryans went to the Texans. So now we're with Steve Wilkes. And coming into it, you know, it's almost like the 49ers have so much talent that honestly, it'll probably be fine with Steve Wilkes regardless, right? But I think right now we're missing Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryans big time. We are missing those guys big time. And I don't think the 49ers defense was... It wasn't terrible in the beginning of the season, but this is my problem. This is where my problem lies with Steve Wilkes is that he, my biggest thing is that he, Steve Wilkes loves the soft coverage and Steve Wilkes plays like eight or nine yards back. He has his corners eight or nine yards back off the line of scrimmage and teams abuse that teams absolutely abuse that. All the time. I mean, the Rams did it when, when we played them back in like week four or something. The Vikings just did it. Absolutely abused it. And Steve Wilkes doesn't make adjustments. That's the scary thing. Steve Wilkes makes no adjustments. He had that going. He had that soft coverage going all game from the start to the finish. We were playing so far back off the line of scrimmage and the Vikings were completely abusing that. And another thing that Steve Wilkes likes to do is blitz. He's a... He's a blitzing coordinator. He loves to blitz. And I don't hate the idea of, of utilizing the blitz more than we have in the past. I think that idea can be fine. But oh my gosh, talk about the timing of the blitzes. The, the end of the second half last week, when Jordan Addison ripped that ball from Traverius Ward and then ran it all the way to the end zone for a touchdown, there was like 15 seconds left or something. Um... 
That was like a that was like a six man blitz. Steve Wilkes blitzed right there with like 15 seconds left, and they had a long way to go. But Steve Wilkes threw the guys at him and left left the corners in one on one coverage essentially. And yeah, it was close where Traverius Ward could have picked the ball off, but he didn't. And honestly, I don't think he needed to be in that position anyways. That's like the one time you should use the soft coverage and not blitz. That, that, that situation right there. Keep, keep them in front of you. You don't want them to beat you. They only have like 15 seconds. So if you keep them in front of you, it's going to be a lot harder for them to get into the end zone. You know? But no, no, he left it one-on-one. And it was close. I mean, Ward almost got it, but he didn't. And then uh, Jordan Addison ripped the ball from him and, and went all the way to the end zone, and they scored a touchdown before the half. Why are you blitzing right there? You don't need to blitz right there. Not with 16 seconds left. Not when they have that much field to go. No, absolutely not. That's a terrible decision. That led the Vikings to scoring a touchdown. I mean, that that was like the biggest, the biggest mistake for me in that game. Um, but overall, again, the soft coverage has been absolutely terrible. Uh, just just so bad because they he does it all the time and he doesn't adjust. If you want to use a soft coverage and you realize it's not working, you have to adjust. That's what coordinators do. That's what players do. That's what coaches do. If you're in a professional sports league and something that you're doing is not working, you adjust. You fix it. Steve Wilkes doesn't do that. That's the scary thing about Steve Wilkes to me. And if he continues... Because, like I said, I don't. I mean, our defense has not been terrible in the beginning of the season, but especially these last two games, it's this soft coverage that Steve Wilkes loves to use, and teams completely abuse. I'll say this. I'll say this. If Steve Wilkes continues on with these with this soft coverage this week, going against Cincinnati, Jamar Chase is going to have a field day. Joe Burrow's going to have a field day. They're going to feast on it because our corners aren't great in the first place. Charvarius Ward is like a high-end cornerback, too. He's not that the best quarterback one, or, uh, cornerback one. He's like a high-end number two. Okay? I mean, like, and, 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 and you know, we, we, we're paying a lot of money to him. We're paying a lot of money to him, which is which is pretty interesting. You know, we, we, we got it. We paid. I don't. I'm trying to remember the exact number, but I don't remember. But we paid a lot of money for him, and he's our number one. But I don't know how good of a number one he actually is. Lenore's Lenore's a fine number two. He's the he's a number two, and he's a true number two. He's number two. So you know, I just with this soft coverage, we're gonna get exposed again, and that honestly brings me down to the pass rush. Right, which has to do with Steve Wilkes as well. What has happened to the 49ers pass rush? The 49ers pass rush used to be their the biggest, the the honestly the best part of the defense, like the most notorious part of the defense. But they don't get after the quarterback. They just don't. We didn't have a single sack last week against Kirk Cousins. Not a single sack. Not one. With this defensive line, with the linebackers we have, not with with all the blitzes we ran, not a single sack last week, and that's kind of been a theme. Honestly, is is the 49ers pass rush has not been nearly as effective as it has in recent years. 
So that's another question is why? And something that I noticed, and I was actually talking to Grant Cohn about this on his show. I called in on his um, Cohn phone this morning, and we talked about this for a minute. Um, what is Steve Wilkes doing that's getting guys to the quarterback? You know? Because even like on these blitzes, it's just guys straight onto the QB. Just once they snap that ball, everyone just goes straight at the quarterback. There's nothing creative going on. I, honestly, because this is this is exactly what I was talking about with Grant Cohn, is that when Salo was the coordinator or, or D'Amico was the coordinator, it felt like they were they were like working to move guys in positions to get them to the quarterback quicker. Right as to where Steve Wilkes is just saying, hike the ball, run straight to the QB, just beat your blocker, right? But there's there's no creativity here, absolutely zero creativity, and I think that's a problem too because our defensive line has been terrible. Our defensive line has been terrible, and it it, it, it okay. I'll say it hasn't been as effective. They're they're not getting the sacks, and I know sacks don't mean everything, but not getting a sack last game was pretty crucial. That was that cost us. Steve Wilkes has not been able to get these guys to the quarterback as effectively as they have in the past with other coordinators. So that's something for me that I'm just a little concerned about. Where's the pass rush? And, and then and then okay, this all goes together. The defense is like a it's like a factory, right? Everything works together. The 49ers have never had a great secondary. They've never had great defensive backs um, in this era. I mean, the last two years, the defensive backs have not been great. But our defensive line is so good that it bails them out. That These defensive backs, this secondary that we have, it's as good as their pass rush. If their pass rush is good, they'll be fine. If their pass rush is not good, they'll get exposed. That's what our secondary is. So if our pass rush is doing fine, you're not going to really worry too much about the secondary because the guys are getting after the quarterback. But if our pass rush is not doing fine, which is what is going on right now, then you can see that the 49ers secondary has holes and needs work. And that's also what we're seeing right now. The defense is kind of messy. It's kind of messy right now. And I do think a lot of it goes on Steve Wilkes. I think it goes on his play calling. I think it goes on the the, the off coverage that he plays. Um, not the the not creative enough of uh, scheming. The the scheming is just so bland for the defensive line that I just it it's like the same thing every time, and we aren't getting after the quarterback. Nick Bosa does not look nearly as good as he as he did uh, last year, winning Defensive Player of the Year. Not even close. And again, I know sacks aren't everything. And there are times where, where, where Nick Bosa is pressuring the QB. But he's not looking. We just paid him, and he's not looking like how he was last year, which is why he got the money in the first place. And I think that ha- I think a lot of that does have to do with Steve Wilkes. I don't think I don't really think that's a Nick Bosa thing. Not a full Nick Bosa thing. I think that's I think that's a really big Steve Wilkes thing. And we need Steve Wilkes to pick it up 100 percent Because what he's been doing has not been cutting it. Um, especially these last two weeks, because like I said, the first couple weeks, it's been fine. But these last two weeks, no, not even close. It's not been good. The pass rush has been bland, not getting guys, not giving the guys a chance to get to the quarterback and you're playing the off coverage. So it's like that ball's getting passed to the receiver in like a second, 
because you're playing so far back in the line of scrimmage. So it's like you're not giving your defensive line a chance here. So, you know, I just, I worry about Steve Wilkes. <laughs> I definitely worry about Steve Wilkes because of what we've seen has not been ideal for the defense so far. And, you know, two weeks, two losses in a row, which I think are big, big parts of the of the the team, the, the success of this team, I think that's big parts of it. It's, it's a huge part of it. It's the biggest part of it, to be honest. I mean, as, as we've seen over the last couple of seasons. So they have work to do. We'll see what happens if Steve Wilkes wants to make any adjustments tomorrow. Niners play at 10 a.m., uh, 10 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, going against Cincinnati, and if a team's going to abuse the off coverage, it's Cincinnati with jo- with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Those guys are gonna they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna abuse it if we give it to them like we did last week. Moving on, something I also want to get at now is Brock Purdy. There's a lot of talk going on right now in the 49er world, in the NFL world. If Brock Purdy is getting exposed, is Brock Purdy starting to crumble? And I think that's something we should definitely touch on. Brock Purdy comes in, takes Jimmy G's spot, mystery relevant, wins out of the regular season, wins two straight playoff games, loses the next playoff game in the NFC Championship only because he destroyed his arm. This season won five straight games, and now he's dropped two straight. Brock Purdy has looked bad in his last two games. Last game against the Vikings, Purdy had a chance. He honestly had two chances to go down and have really clutch drives for the 49ers, and he turned right into Jimmy G. Like, when I was watching that game, that's the first thing I said. Oh my gosh, I thought we didn't have Jimmy G anymore. I thought Jimmy G was off the team. What is this? He looked just like Jimmy G. And again, I've said this before. I was never jumping too fast on the Brock Purdy train. I think he was good. I think he was better than Jimmy. I think he was playing fine. I never jumped too fast on it because I don't want to be that guy who's after four games, someone wins five games like the 49ers did with, with Jimmy G back in the, back in 2017. I'm not going to jump on and be like, this is the guy, this is the guy, this is the guy. Okay. However, that was me. That was my, that was my stance. And people were like, man, Purdy's the guy, Purdy's the guy. I'm like, he might be, but I'm not, I'm not going to come out and say that yet. After the Cowboys game this season, I got a lot of hope in. I had a lot of hope. I, 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 after that Cowboys game, my confidence in Brock Purdy skyrocketed, absolutely skyrocketed. And I really was like, you know what? This is the guy. This is honestly the guy. After that Cowboys game, but I, I might have. I, 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 there's a chance I spoke a little too soon. Okay, I'm not taking back what I said because we were. It was expected that Brock Purdy was going to have a rough patch at some point. We didn't know when it was going to be, but it was going to happen because that's what happens to quarterbacks. Every quarterback goes through a rough patch, and it's been two games. Okay, it's not much to panic. However, if you want to raise just a smidge bit of concern, I think that's a little valid. Brock Purdy had two chances to go down and have clutch drives for the 49ers against the Vikings last week on Monday Night Football, but he absolutely failed and threw two terrible interceptions. Two of them looked just like Jimmy Gag, like we were right back in 2020. 2021 and Jimmy G was throwing picks and just being Jimmy G because we all know Jimmy G's terrible. He looked just like that. That was a little scary to see. Purdy could have, because he didn't have a great game, didn't have a 
overall against the Vikings, he didn't have a terrible game, but it wasn't good by any means. It was a bad game. And he had a chance to redeem himself twice. And he failed miserably both times. Do I want a quarterback who can't come through in the clutch? Absolutely not. And I'm not going to say that Purdy can't come through in the clutch just yet. Against the Browns, he marched the team all the way down. And all they had to do was kick a field goal to win the game. And Jake Mooney absolutely shanked it. All I'm saying is that what I saw from Purdy is not super promising last week. But I'm not I'm not writing off Purdy. I'm not I'm not one of those fans who's gonna write him off, who's gonna count him out just after what we saw last week. He's so young. He's honestly yet to have a rough patch in his career. He's having one. Now, no Debo, CMC dealing with injuries right now. Trent been Trent's been out. You're gonna make the case that Brock Purdy is a product of the system. He's a product of the all pro players around him. If there's no Debo Samuel on the Niners and Brock Purdy can't play well, that's when we're going to have a problem. I don't even think Debo's our best offensive player. I mean, honestly, he's he's probably the fourth. But, you know, if Purdy needs him desperately and he can't perform without him, then it gets pretty concerning. It gets It gets pretty concerning for... The 49ers, I don't really know yet. And I need to see what happens with Brock Purdy this week going against Cincinnati. Because I don't know if this is just Jimmy G Jr. yet. I don't think it is. I think he's better than Jimmy. This clutch factor, though, is bad so far. I mean, that game, I mean, I'm sorry. That's when that's when that's when boys become men in that moment. Right in that moment. When you have two chances to go down and have a clutch drive for your team and you choke it twice in the same game, back-to-back drives. Come on. Come on. Not good enough. Not good enough. So we'll see. We're going to have to see how Brock Purdy does, but we just got to hope that he's not Jimmy G Jr. Because if he's Jimmy G Jr., oh, man. Kyle's going to be sorry he traded Trey Lance. Kyle Kyle should be sorry, and we're going to get into that right now. Kyle should be sorry that he traded Trey Lance, all right? I'm, I'm on this train forever. He should be sorry. He it's a bad and okay. That's not to say that Trey Lance is going to come out and be this great quarterback, but I think it was worth it to keep him and just see, right? Let's talk about Sam Darnold. Let's talk about Sam Darnold and if he is a good enough backup quarterback. Sam Darnold came over went, or, or from Carolina. Sam Darnold was drafted to the Jets, third overall pick, and didn't do anything there. And didn't have a lot to work with, but he was terrible. Went to Carolina, terrible. Now, he's our backup. Kyle Shanahan, nobody else in the NFL wants Sam Darnold. Not a single coach wants Sam Darnold. Except Kyle Shanahan, because Kyle Shanahan thinks he can turn him around. Are you really going to do that, Kyle? So Kyle Shanahan kept Sam Darnold over Trey Lance. Said, said Sam Darnold beat out Trey Lance for the backup job. So Sam Darnold's a backup, so one wrong hit. One bad hit to Brock Purdy. Sam Darnold is in and he's the guy. That is a sentence that I never hope comes to reality. That's a terrible situation for the 49ers if Sam Darnold's their QB. Let's get into it. Do I believe that having Sam Darnold as a backup quarterback is good? No, I don't. 
And it's specific to the 49er situation. In the grand scheme of life, in the grand scheme of football, Sam Darnold is not a terrible backup. He's not a starter. He's not a terrible backup. He's a guy that if you need one game from him, you throw him in there. He's not going to be great, but he'll be better than a lot of other backups. But he'll also be worse than other backups. He's just, eh. However, for the 49ers specifically, for the 49ers specifically, in this situation, he should be quarterback three. Not number two. He should either be quarterback three or he should be off the team. Trey Lance should be quarterback two of this team. If Brock Purdy went down, if Brock Purdy went down, okay, if Brock Purdy went down, you have two guys to take over your team. You could go with A, the player who has been in the NFL for five, six seasons now, never won as a pro, has shown to never be good, absolutely terrible, can't read a defense that well, sticks with the first read, and if and if the first read's not open, it's a disaster. Would you rather have that guy or B? Young kid, promising talent, not a lot of experience, but has potential to be good. Could also be bad. We don't know. But he has potential to be good. Keyword, potential. You are absolutely insane if you're picking Sam Donald in that situation. If you're picking player A, you're absolutely insane. It's no logical sense. Sam, time and time again, that he is not good at football at this level. Kyle Shanahan thinks he could turn that around. Really? He's the last guy I think that could turn this around. Should we go over the quarterback? Is that Kyle Shanahan has butchered it? Should we go over the quarterbacks that Kyle Shanahan has picked? Because he thinks he could fix them. Or he thinks he could make them something good. And he never does. The only one that you could give that argument to is Brock Purdy. But he got lucky with Brock Purdy. Let's be real. He got lucky with Brock Purdy. You want to take it back to RG3? Sure. Sure. Okay. He also ruined RG3. He also pretty much ruined RG3. Matt Ryan... Matt Ryan's good already. Uh, made him an MVP. Again, I don't I don't think Kyle Shanahan is a terrible head coach. He had the offense doing pretty well in Atlanta. Of course, until the Super Bowl, where he absolutely crumbled on the big stage yet again. Which I guess that was his first one, but first of many. And then you take it to the 49ers. CJ Beathard, nope. Nick Mullins, nope. Brian Hoyer, nope. Jimmy G? Nope. Trey Lance. Picked him third. Traded three first rounders for him. Guess not. He didn't even try. That's the difference, though. He didn't even try. Drafted Trey Lance as a project quarterback and didn't even try to develop him. Not, oh, oh my gosh. How frustrating. How frustrating. Drafted a project quarterback, didn't want to take on the project. Terrible, terrible management there from Kyle Shanahan. Now we're at Brock Purdy. And now he thinks Sam Darnold could be the guy. Sam Darnold? Really? The guy who sucked as a, as a, as a starter his whole career? 
Okay. Okay, Kyle. I don't think having Sam Darnold as our backup is good. I think having Trey Lance would have been better because he has potential. Again, I don't know how good Trey Lance is going to be overall. I don't know how he's going to be in his career. I don't know what's going to happen. I hope he gets a shot somewhere. I don't think that's going to be in Dallas. I think he'll get traded somewhere or signed somewhere or whatever, and he'll get a shot somewhere with a team that needs a quarterback. Someone's going to be willing to give him a shot, and it won't be Kyle Shanahan because he doesn't have any patience, I guess. He said, he said, year one, we're going to sit you. Year one, I, I've, I've said this. Year one, we sit you behind Jimmy Gag. Nothing. Year two, we'll start you, but I'm going to run you into the dirt. Absolutely destroy him. Nothing. Year three, eh, don't watch you anymore. See ya. We take Sam Donald over you who hasn't won a, uh, who hasn't done anything in his career. Yeah. We'll take Sam Donald over you. No way. I don't buy it, dude. I don't buy that Sam Donald's a better backup option. From what I've seen. Listen, I don't watch the practices and I don't see what's going on outside of the games and, and, and whatever. But what I've seen from Sam Darnold in the NFL has been absolutely terrible. And what I've seen from Trey Lance hasn't been great, but he shows flashes of potential. And Trey Lance has shown to get better. Get better. That preseason was last year, not a good first half. Absolutely shredded it in the second half. Went off. Did the same thing against the Texans back in 2021. Bat, not a great first half. Killed it in the second half. Won a game. We don't win that game. We don't even go to the playoffs, by the way. So, without Trey Lance, we, we would have had, you know, if Jimmy was in there, we probably would have lost because Jimmy's just terrible. But Trey Lance shows potential. Sam Donald doesn't. It's going to be a mistake. If Brock Purdy ends up going out at some point and Sam Donald comes in, you can scrap the season because there's no potential for this team. Sam Donald, there's a chance he's worse than Jimmy. I don't know. Oh, worse than Jimmy. Jimmy's ridiculously bad, but Sam Donald's right there too. So I used to like Donald, but no, it's too late. He's He's been in the league for like six years and he, he's done absolutely terrible every time he steps onto a football field. That's why he's a backup now after six seasons. Can't stand Trey Lance should be the backup. He's not. He's he's quarterback three in Dallas. He's he's probably loving it. He's actually probably learning from a coach who doesn't want to run him into the ground. That's just Kyle, though. That's all it for my 49er talk. I'm going to head into some fantasy football stuff now. Some stardoms and sit-ems. You know how I like to do it here. Five starts, five sits for week number eight. We're going to hop right into it. Just my favorite plays. If you're not familiar with this, all I do is give my five starts. Give some explanations on why. Five sits. Give some explanations on why. And they could be any position. These are just my five favorite plays of the week. So if you have these guys on your team, and I tell you to start them, I want to start them. If you have them on your team, I tell you to sit them. You might want to sit them. Let's hop right into it. Starting with CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud going against the Panthers. Has had a couple good 20-point-per-game fantasy football games, and I think we're going to see another one here. Carolina is just bad. Carolina's defense is bad. Carolina's offense is not great, and I think this is a day where C.J. Stroud can feast. And I was honestly had Nico. I try to not do duplicate teams, like two guys on the same team on these lists. I I was honestly between Nico Collins and C.J. Stroud. Um, I think both of them are starts. I think C.J. Stroud might be safer than Nico Collins just because sometimes C.J. Stroud likes to spread the ball around. You, you got Robert Woods, you got Tank Dell, and Nico Collins. So 
I, I still think Nico Collins is going to have a good game. I totally start him. But CJ Stroud should have a great game going against Carolina. Not a good defense. CJ Stroud has honestly been really impressive for a rookie this season. And I think this is a it, this is another game where we're going against just a terrible defense, really. And it's just a good matchup. And his receivers are good. Um, he, and he's been getting the ball to him. He's been really good uh, for, uh, with not turning the football over. And I think this is a game where CJ Stroud can have a lot of points. Um, probably hit 20 plus or something. I could totally see that. So CJ Stroud is a start for me this week. I, I just think I love the matchup. Love the love everything about this. So give me CJ Stroud. Next up, I have Drake London going against the Titans. And I have Drake London in one of my leagues. Pretty much rides the bench every week. And he's still going to be riding my bench because I have really good receivers in that league. But I was honestly tempted to start him. And if I was in a normal league with where I didn't have really good receivers like I do right now, like my receivers are stacked in that league. Um, I would go Drake. I would go Drake London because I think he's gonna have another good game, and I feel like he's just kind of been progressively getting better and better and better and better. And I think he's gonna continue that going against the Titans, who have a poor secondary. I mean, that's just the facts. The Titans have a pretty solid run defense, but the secondary is not very good. Someone like Drake London could slice him up, and I think that's what we're gonna see. I think we're gonna see a decent game from Drake London, probably around 15 points ish. Um, Drake London has kind of proven to just get you know, more involved in the offense, like more and more and more. Um, and it, it's pretty encouraging for fantasy owners. Um, and you know, he might be a guy that's been sitting on your, and honestly, you might not have room for him. If you're, if you're in a lineup, if you have a lineup like that, you have a lot of, uh, good receivers. There's no teams on by this week, which is kind of strange, but there are no teams on by this week. So you have all your receivers in, so you might not have to start Drake London, but if you're in a position where Drake London is your guy, I would put him in with confidence. I would put him in with such confidence. I've, I have confidence I have total confidence in Drake London this week to put up solid numbers, at least like 15 points-ish around there. I think that's what could totally happen. So Drake London, another start for me. Next, this one's interesting. I have Garrett Wilson. Now, it's tough for me to bet on a guy whose quarterback is Zach Wilson, but I'm going to ride with Garrett Wilson here. Going against the Giants, who have a poor defense, and honestly, Zach Wilson is still terrible. But I think Garrett Wilson, he can get Garrett Wilson the ball. And this might be one people might stay away from because of Zach Wilson. But I think Garrett Wilson is a guy you should put in your lineup this week going against the Giants. Their defense has been a little better recently, but I still think Garrett Wilson can slice him up. As long as Zach Wilson could put the ball in a general area that Garrett Wilson could go up and grab it. Garrett Wilson is one of the most talented receivers in the NFL right now. I mean, you can see it when you just watch a normal Jets game. Garrett Wilson's extremely talented. And I think that could show this week going against the Giants. So give me Garrett Wilson as another start this week. I just think he's going to have a pretty... I, I think he could... I think he could expose, kind of, in a way, uh, the Giants' defense and just... just uh, get the best of them. I think Garrett Wilson can get the best of the defense this week. So Garrett Wilson is a start for me this week. Next, I have Jake Ferguson going against the Rams. The Rams have not been great against tight ends this year. Feels like Dak Prescott really likes Jake Ferguson. I feel like he gets, um, he kind of targets him a lot, especially down in the red zone. Um, you know, if he gets that touchdown, he's going to put you over. He gets a decent amount of targets every week. Jake Ferguson's a guy who, and honestly, I'm not even going to lie to you. I don't even know how great Jake Ferguson really is as a football player because sometimes it feels like balls are bouncing right off his hands. But, I think this week he can get it done. He can get it done going against the Rams. Jake Ferguson, um, Dak likes him. He's like his new Dalton Schultz security blanket guy. 
And I just think, you know, the Rams defense has not been great against tight ends this year for fantasy football. And I think Jake Ferguson can get the best of that. So I would take Jake Ferguson as a start this week if you need to. Um, you know, tight ends are obviously pretty scarce. I'm in one of my leagues where I'm essentially having a new tight end every week. And it's the worst thing in the world. So Ferguson's a guy that I, that I think you could rely on. And again, tight ends aren't going to get you a lot of points. But if Jake Ferguson gets anywhere from nine, nine plus north of nine points i think that's a win in my book so jake ferguson's a guy i'm putting in my lineup next i have joe burrow if you look at me before the season like why are you and you'd, you'd see that joe burrow is on a stardom list it's like uh <laughs> and that's obviously what i do i'm not gonna on my stardoms i'm not putting guys who like I'm not putting Patrick Mahomes on my stardom list. You know to start him. They're must-starts. Joe Burrow this year has not been a must-start. Joe Burrow, in fact, has not been very great in fantasy football. I think this week he can turn it around. And, I mean, turn it around as in keep it going because he's actually had a solid couple of weeks he's strung together. But who's he going against? He's going against my 49ers. And this is going under the assumption that Steve Wilkes is not going to adjust anything, which is probably what's going to happen. Um, I think Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are going to connect on a lot going against this weak secondary that we have. Um, that keeps getting exposed because the D-line can't get after the quarterback. And, you know, I just think Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are going to go 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 off together. Joe Burrow is going to is going to feast on this defense who has it has holes, man. It's talented. It has the best linebacker room in the league. It's got great defensive linemen. It's got a weak secondary. But it's just I think Joe Burrow is going to get the best of it because strictly off of what Steve Wilkes has been doing. So I would put Joe Burrow in a decent amount of confidence this week. Um, you know, the Niners defense has just kind of been messy. And assuming that um, Steve Wilkes kind of keeps the same trend going, I could see Joe Burrow having good points this week. Okay, let's move on to the sits. I, those are my five starts. Uh, C.G. Stroud, Drake Lennon, Garrett Wilson, Jake Ferguson, and Joe Burrow. Let's move on to my five sits, starting with Washington running back, Brian Robinson. Get him on your bench. Don't like the matchup against Philly. Philly's run defense has been fantastic. Brian Robinson has been inconsistent. Well, I'm not even going to say inconsistent. Well, I might say inconsistent. There's games where Brian Robinson's really, really good. Like, he'll put up 20-plus points. And then there's games where he'll only put up eight because he'll only get, like, 20 yards and a touchdown i think last nine yards and a touchdown ended with 8.3 points not good at all come on but then there's games where it's gonna get you 25 but i'm gonna count on brian robinson to have one of those bad games just this week I, i'm a fan of brian I, I don't mind brian robinson in general um i think he's fine but just this week going against philly i don't really like the matchup there for brian robinson so i'd steer clear of brian robinson this week just the matchups are not good for him um so yeah not a fan not a fan of brian robinson this week Next up, I have Geno Smith. Yeah, definitely sitting against Cleveland, who might be the best defense in the NFL. The Browns may have the best defense in football right now. They've shown it week in and week out. They're winning games with P.J. Walker pretty much because of that defense. Deshaun Watson has been out. He's going to be out again, and I don't see a reason why this Browns defense doesn't keep up what they're doing, man, because this Browns defense has been fantastic. It's been really, really good, and... Geno Smith can sometimes be inconsistent and you know I don't again they could still win this game but this is going to be I'm, I think this is going to be a very low scoring affair and I just don't I think the Browns defense could win this game for that for the Browns strictly 
because of the defense. And Miles Garrett has been the def- he's got to be the defensive player of the year front runner this season. Miles Garrett has been unreal this year. Um, and that's the thing people are like, well, this is getting double teamed. Well, it's like, hey, Miles Garrett's also getting double teamed and he's finding ways around it. He's sacking guys left and right. So, um, Geno Smith's a guy I, I'm sitting. I'm sitting. I don't, I don't want him. I don't want any part of him going against the Browns. Um, get me away from that. Next up, next sit him, I have Gus Edwards. And he's honestly has a pretty solid matchup this week going against the Cardinals who don't have a good defense. Their run defense isn't great. However, I just am not a fan of Gus Edwards. And sometimes he's like, you 18 carries, but he is just not a good running back right now. He's just not as effective as you would hope. Um, when he's back there, because he's not getting many yards per carry, he's just kind of been pretty blah. And I don't like. And last week he only had good points because he had an 80-yard reception. And I don't know if it was for a touchdown or not. Um, there's a chance it was for a touchdown. Um, no, he had a rushing touchdown, but he also had the 80-yard reception. So there's nine points right there just in one play, which is. It's going to be tough to rely on Gus Edwards getting you an 80-yard reception every game if you really want product uh, good production from him. And again, solid matchup going against the Cardinals, but honestly, Gus Edwards is a guy that I would not want in my lineup. I just don't feel he's that good right now. I don't... The, the, the Ravens' offensive line has not been great for him, and he's just not been effective. His, run, his, his yards per carry has not been good, so I'm steering clear of Gus Edwards this week. Um... If you have to start him, good luck. Next up, I have Javante Williams, who, honestly, I'm not going to lie. Before the ACL injury, I was a fan of Javante Williams. I thought he was going to have a really good season last year. Obviously, the ACL injury. And I picked him in two of my in my two leagues this year um, because I thought I'm, I wasn't thinking he's going to be RB1 or anything. But I did think that Javante Williams could have a good, decent comeback season. The ACL injury has hindered him. You could tell. He's not breaking tackles like he used do he's not running like he used to that acl injury hindered javante williams and he's a guy that i'm consistently going to be putting on my bench and there's been times where you might have to put him in your starting lineup and dear god i hope that's not this week because he is going against the chiefs who have a pretty underappreciated defense the chiefs have had a pretty solid defense this year especially uh, against the run and javante just with the struggles and he's also splitting carries um I'm just, uh, uh, I'm not liking the Javante Williams matchup. I'm not liking Javante Williams, period, man. It's just not been ideal for him. So I'd stay away from Javante Williams this week. Um, he's a guy I wouldn't win my lineups going against the Chiefs. Been in, in, I don't know, has he hit? Last week, I think, was his first game hitting double-digit points. I think he may have had like around 12. And before that, it's been like 9, 8, 7, 6. Literally, like it might have even gone down in that order. Let's see. 9, 7, 8. Four and seven so like not great had a 12 pointer last week things may be hopefully on the rise for him after having a 12 point game but i'm not so javante is a guy i'm sitting this week lastly i got kj osborne and people might be starting in because there's no justin jefferson i feel like this guy's better with justin jefferson i don't know i feel like he really hasn't done as much as we'd anticipated without justin jefferson obviously um Obviously, Jordan Addison is the number two guy here, and Jordan Addison has been great without Justin Jefferson. But, I mean, I thought we would honestly see more from K.J. Osborne. I mean, four and five receptions, 
for um, 48 and 47 yards. I mean, okay, what are we really? I mean, we could we could look other directions if we want production better than that. Uh, and uh, going against the Packers, we'll have good uh, a good secondary. Jair Alexander, obviously, he but however, Jair Alexander, depending on where he's matched up, might be going against Addison a lot. Could open up the door for Osborne, but honestly, the whole entire Packers secondary and defense has been pretty solid this year, especially against receivers. They don't give up a lot of points to receivers, so I could see KJ Osborne having yet another, you know, four reception for 48 yards. I mean, like, and that's just, yeah, it's it's not ridiculously terrible, but you could look somewhere else. Take the risk and look somewhere else because um, KJ Osborne's not going to get you much this week. So I'd stay away from KJ Osborne this week. Don't like it. Get KJ Osborne out of your lineups. And okay, that's it. Those are my five sits. Brian Robinson, Geno Smith, Gus Edwards, Javante Williams, and KJ Osborne. Five starts, five sits. You know how we do. We're going to post a video of how we did. Um, we'll post that during next week after all these games are over. This is being recorded on Saturday afternoon. This episode will be out Saturday night. You can listen to all this before. And... That's pretty much all I have for you guys today. A couple things just going on about the night. NBA season started up, um, but not too much to talk about here yet, but I'm going to talk, start talking a lot more about the NBA, so be tuned for that. Um, anybody out there still listening, thank you so, so much. You know I appreciate that. You know you can find me on social media at the thenightshift.pod on Instagram, at the thenightshift.pod on TikTok, and at the thenightshift, two T's at the beginning, two T's at the end on Twitter. So hit those. If you're still listening, you must have liked something, right? So hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, do anything um, of that just to grow this channel, let people see it. Because that's the ultimate goal here. So I really appreciate that. If you did like um, what you heard from me today, tell your friends, tell people to listen to it. Just grow the, grow the show. That's the goal here. Um, if you ever want to hop on the show, you know you can email me at pod.thenightshift at gmail.com you can email me there you can hit me on any of the social media platforms i would love to have you on the show any critiques any questions any reviews you can leave those in the review portion things of the podcast platforms and again thank you guys out there for listening we'll be back hopefully next week with another episode stay up to date with everything on the social medias and that'll be it for me i'm out peace Timeout, decide not to use it.